Thanks to Indeed for supporting the Apple Bits XL. This episode is sponsored by Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Offer valid through June 30th. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. It's going to be an exciting week coming up. We got WWDC 21 Monday, June the 7th, and the keynote is coming at 10 a.m. Pacific time. You know that I'll be doing my live stream on my YouTube channel, so make sure you check that out. Hang out with us, call in, do all the tweets, the polls. It's going to be a fun time, but this is a show that is one of the more unique ones because we just don't really know that much. I mean, we know about MacBook Pros. We've talked about them. I did a big in-depth video about them. But other than that, even there's details that we don't know about the MacBook Pro. And then we're talking about iOS 15, iPad OS 15, tvOS 15, watchOS 7, and macOS 12. We really don't know many details about it. But before we get to that, let's take care of some business. First of all, if you haven't taken the time to give the podcast a rating, I normally ask this at the end. I'm going to do this at the beginning. Give it that five-star rating. We have a 4.9 review with over 1,200 reviews, but I'd love to kind of give it some a little bump. The Apple Bits community bump. Also put a comment in there. It kind of helps bump it up the algorithm. So please, if you haven't already, give it that five-star review treatment if you think it's worth five stars. I think if you've been hanging out this long, you have. But also... Let's get to some orders of business. First of all, be a part of the show. Call in applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. We know the keynote is coming up. Let's call call in after WWDC. I want to hear your thoughts about it. All you got to do is record a voice memo on whatever platform you're on and then send it along. Your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. Keep it around a minute to a minute 30, and then we will put it on the show. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com is how you support all my content, but specifically, you're going to get early access to my content. You're going to get rewards at every level that you support, and then also a completely ad-free version of this podcast, plus the monthly Zoom hangout that we do, and then we're also doing special perks like giveaways. I'm in the Bay Area. It just so happened that my schedule lined up, so what I've done is I'm here to see family, but I'm going to go visit the Apple Park campus where they have exclusive shirts you can't get anywhere else and then i'm gonna do a lottery where i kind of do a raffle and choose members of the patreon community to give those shirts to you you can't get them anywhere else but literally at the apple park which happens to be like 15 minutes away from my parents house so thought it would be kind of a cool way to show love because you all show love so patreon.com slash brian tong is how you support this and thank you so much for keeping this show going um it is amazing you are amazing and i appreciate all your support all right, let's get to the show now. And Apple, you know, they, they put out a Away We Go teaser with like three emojis looking at potentially maybe the new MacBook Pro, but at least they were looking at MacBooks and everyone kind of was trying to read into the invite. Well, what they did now is when they announced the actual live stream that you'll be able to watch on their YouTube and you can also watch my pre-show and post-show coverage of the live stream on my own channel. That's why a lot of you kind of jump back and forth. But Apple's keynote, the I guess the placeholder, they put up a new image 
that we haven't seen before with roughly, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three. So about 30 to 40 Memojis all looking around, but they're all surrounded by chat bubbles um, from the Messages app. One of them has a blue bubble with hashtag WWDC. You got like party celebrations and another quote, you have like the different colored uh, emoji hands clapping and then you have a heart, like a favorite. And this, this is kind of, everyone's kind of trying to be like, okay, what, what's going on at iOS 15? Are we going to see a major change or a bunch of new features to the messages, messages app? It looks like it. Um, They don't normally just, they're not just going to throw this out just because, and we know that messages is kind of one of those linchpins that keep people in the ecosystem. So if you go to Apple's YouTube page, you actually see this placeholder. You can kind of make inferences and try and find clues in there. But not only is it an extreme focus on users and us, but a really strong connection to messages specifically that we haven't seen before. So we know there's going to be improvements. It's just a matter of what there are. I mean, there's some things that Bloomberg's Mark Gurman has reported about it, about the new messages app, saying that there's going to be an option to set automatic replies to messages depending on a user's status so that that's going to change depending on okay what type of status can we set right now there's a kind of like an auto message depending on if we're driving or not so we're going to see how that comes into play bloomberg had also reported that apple themselves is working on trying to upgrade iMessages to kind of act more like a social network if that's what you want look i think that I'm not saying everyone's going to start jumping over to the Messages app as their default social network, but I think that there's been a clear division of how people use Facebook versus how people use um, Twitter versus how people use Instagram, and maybe a lot of people are a little more and more turned off by Facebook. I mean, I rarely use it now, but if Apple can push on this privacy angle that they talk about and keep it, I don't know if I can say less annoying and more focused on specific aspects, they might be able to actually get a little bit of mind share. I'm not saying they're going to take down Facebook, but you know, when you come across giants like that, you're just trying to chip some of that mind share and per user percentage out of it. And other companies have been trying to do that with Apple. Apple may be trying to do this with messages. And clearly this still image promoting WWDC 21 alludes to many people interacting on messages. And you can't tell me if they're going to drop that little nugget we're just talking about ah, a few upgrades to the Messages app. So I think, um, I don't know if it's going to be trying to be more like a WhatsApp or others, but you know, Apple already has a pretty strong lockdown on people really just not wanting to jump over because they have a little bit of FOMO. That's fear of missing out when all their friends are on the blue bubble and you got that one user that turn, turns it into a green bubble. I know that sounds so elitist and stupid, but if you're in the Apple ecosystem and you know, you know. So I'm really excited about WWDC because we really just don't know that much about everything that's coming. And I think there's going to be a lot of surprises and we all love surprises. You know, sometimes the rumor mills are just so good that they take away that element of surprise. And so I'm really looking forward to the keynote again, June 7th, 10 a.m. Now, other things that we've heard, there's more kind of even more concrete details around the new MacBook Pros that we are expecting to see. So what happened recently is that someone kind of spilled the beans where filings in the regulatory databases, specifically for China, listed a filing on April 14th, 
by an Apple supplier, Sunwoda Electronics, uh, for a battery with an Apple-like model identifier, and it's called A2527. Now, the reason why this is interesting is because it talks about the actual battery capacity. One of them is at 8,693 milliampere hours. Now, what's comparable right now is the current 16-inch MacBook Pro battery is 8,790 milliampere hours. And so you'd be like, hmm, that, that battery seems like it probably is a similar battery for a similar size machine. Now, later on, they also leaked out the battery capacity for what's believed to be the 14-inch model. And that battery that they released, I guess, I believe here it says it has a part number identifier, A2519. That battery would be rated for 6,068 milliampere hours, but that would be higher than the current 5,103 milliampere hours of the current 13-inch MacBook Pro. So it does make a little sense where maybe they could be getting a little more juice or more battery space because they're using a larger screen device. Now with the 16 inch that I just talked about, you are losing a little, but the key thing to remember here is that the M1 is so much more power efficient. The assumption here is just like it affected the MacBook Pro 13 and the MacBook Air 13 is that you're going to get significantly better battery life. I believe before those were rated around uh, 10 hours, that's kind of always been the goal, but then they jumped up to somewhere around 18 to 20 hours once they introduced the M1 chip. So we know that this new 16-inch, 14-inch MacBook Pros that we're expecting to get announced at WWDC, we don't know yet, will be using a new chip, whether it's the M1X or the M2. We don't still officially know what they're going to be calling it. Some some people are floating the M1X idea. Some people are saying, no, it's going to be the M2. We will find out at WWDC. But that's going to make another huge significant jump in pure battery life and performance. I mean, even recording this podcast right now, before I did this, I had to put my 16-inch Intel i9 processor fully loaded in the freezer for 10 minutes because the fan is so loud and the conditions here in my parents' house where I'm recording, you're going to hear the fan a lot. You might even hear it once in a while in the background. Um... That's something that I don't want to ever deal with again with these fans going off, I would say, arguably half of the time of the day when I'm using it because I'm doing a lot of video editing and rendering and stuff like this, recording audio. I don't want that anymore. And that's another just from a pure usability standpoint. I don't want to put my MacBook Pro in the freezer for 10 minutes before I record things or before I render out a video. I know we're probably not technically supposed to put in the freezer, but it helps. It just helps. And that's where we're at. So I, like you, am very excited about this. Now, just to kind of go over the bullet points that we've talked about almost ad nauseum about these new MacBook Pros, we already alluded to a new processor coming, 14 and 16-inch sizes, the potential of getting more ports, three to four Thunderbolt ports, an HDMI port, an SD card slot, and then the removal of the touch bar. I mean, this is the revamp that everyone, not everyone, but a majority of people have been really asking for and hoping for. You also have the flatter design, kind of more iPad Pro-like, a flatter edge, flatter edges, but not as rounded corners. This is going to be as big, if not at least in the Apple community. This is this might be arguably the most significant product release of the year from a user standpoint. And I know not everyone is getting the MacBook Pro 16-inch, but that MacBook Pro 13-inch is kind of like a sweet spot for users. So you just talk about this entire line. 
I'm, I'm going to go on a limb right now and say this is going to be the most significant Apple product release of the year. We know iPhone 13 is coming, and that'll give you the most sales, and it's going to be an, uh, you know, an iteration. It's not going to be a major leap. This is a major leap for the MacBook Pro 16. I can't tell you even, I'm not trying to hype it up. I think that people, the comments you send me and the responses to my videos and talking about the MacBook Pro 16, everyone is super excited for this event. And so I'm juiced. I know you're juiced. Let's just get that 16 inch like in here, ASAP. Now we also have other reports, right? Other analysts going off of other articles and their sources saying, hey, we expect to see it at the keynote. Okay, that's fine. But another kind of interesting tidbit here is that they talked about the production of the processors and when they'll be ready for actual distribution for Apple to release these. And the way that, you know, things are kind of coming all together is that Asian blogs are saying, hey, the expected arrival date for these MacBook Pros, you won't be able, you probably aren't expecting to get them like a week or two right after this keynote. It might be sometime in July. And look, they're going to show this off at WWDC. And if that's what it takes to get them, that's fine. But I think what's interesting is from the keynote until July, when they come out, I think there's an opportunity for us to not only talk a lot about this, but we might be able to even learn more things about the new MacBook Pro. So I think it even creates more of a ramp up for hype and anticipation for the MacBook Pro 16, purely because it's not like, hey, pre-order in a week. Okay, coming out that week. That's cool. I almost feel like in a weird way, the iPad Pro and the M1 iMac, we've already, we're already on to the next and it's what they've been out for two, or is it two weeks now? Two and a half weeks? It's almost like we're we're ready to move on to the next thing. And so I think let's let's milk this stuff out a little bit, right? Let's stretch out some of this hype and you do it instead of just like the week after to maybe like three or four weeks after and it being one of the most anticipated products of the year from Apple. It's uh it's getting me juiced. Like I'm excited for the MacBook Pro 16 inch. This is the product that I've been waiting for all year. And so for me, like I, I can't get any more excited for this product than any other one in the entire year this year, even an iMac Pro, even an iPhone 13. Maybe they blow my mind with a Mac Pro that I can't afford, but this is the product for me in 2021. All right, everybody. Thanks again to Indeed for sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. I've been independent and every decision in hire that I make matters. Because hiring is one of those things you do not want to mess up. You need to hire great people if you want to take your entire business to that next level. So with the stakes this high, there's only one choice and that's Indeed. And let me tell you why. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. You post, screen, and interview. You can do it all on Indeed. Get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet your must-have qualifications. And then schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. And with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately. There's also Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring times by 27%. Now you can choose from more than 130 skills tests or add your own and then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talentness, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit 
to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash applebits to get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash applebits indeed.com slash applebits offer valid through june 30th terms and conditions apply all right so let's get back to the stories and we know what to kind of expect at wwdc i mean we can't talk about it any more than we have already but mark german was like hey uh, before wwdc comes out let me just drop you an entire bomb of reports on what's happening with the ipad and ipad mini so here we go this is gonna be fun i know there's a huge audience that's been waiting for some sort of revamp and some sort of redesign for the ipad mini well according to mark german and bloomberg they're working on a new revamp version that's going to feature the first design update to the mini in their kind of super size small tablet that we've seen in six years so this new ipad mini will feature a design a la ipad pro you're going to get rid of the home button I mean, we've heard rumors that they've been working on this, but the display itself could feature a size somewhere from 8.5 to 9 inches. And if someone says, uh, that doesn't sound so mini, well, think about the mini just basically being the same size, but because of the new design style, they're out, able to use and utilize more screen. So uh, that's always going to be a good thing. Also, they're working on a new thinner version of a low-cost entry-level iPad that's going to be aimed at students. This would be in addition to the mini. So you have a new iPad mini, new low-cost iPad planned for maybe as early as the end of this year. And I know there are so many of you that have been just waiting for a new iPad mini. So maybe you've been looking at the Pro and maybe you've been saying, nah, I'm just going to finally do it. Just it. Guess what? Always wait as long as you possibly can because I know many of you that have iPads probably don't even need a new one because they really do everything you want. Like I love the new iPad Pro's mini LED screen. I know there's been a lot of buzz and this narrative of oh this blooming is so bad and I will say the blooming is completely exaggerated when you take pictures of it or videos of it on uh even on an iPhone or DSLR camera versus what you see with the naked eye. I did a comparison on my recent video kind of previewing the MacBook Pro in hopes that maybe we see a mini LED display for it um, and and basically saying, hey, all this stuff that you're trying to hear, this narrative or like the YouTube still, oh, iPad Pro display is horrible. It is the nature of the technology and you're still getting major benefits close to true black levels, HDR, and the blooming is not nearly as bad as everyone is saying. That's, that's where I'm at with that. I, in that video, we talked about, we. I basically go in a five-minute kind of comparison of why Mini LED is still great. Now, they don't say that Mini LED is coming to this Mini, and guess what? It's probably not. But if you want an iPad Mini that is designed based on the current kind of iPad, current modern iPad Pro design, this is the one to get. So potentially by the end of this year. Now, let's say you aren't too hot about the iPad Pro for this year. Well... Maybe you should wait for 2022 because Bloomberg's Mark Gurman dropped another bomb that says Apple is developing a new iPad Pro that will feature wireless charging capabilities for a debut in 2022. Now, why is this interesting? Well, first of all, instead of this aluminum enclosure, which we have, they would be bringing a glass 
backing to it, similar to what started in the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus, and now what we have right now, whether it's the ceramic or glass backing, every phone since then, which was uh, 2017, I believe, let's see, yeah, 2017 has supported wireless charging. iPads are expected to also support wireless charging. And some of you might say, why am I going to put a tablet on a little Qi charger? Well, I'll tell you why. I mean, sure, they're going to still be able to charge over USB-C or Lightning. But not only that, not only is Apple working on a wireless charging, we know that they've been still trying to crack this nut that is that uh, that Apple wireless charging pad. And it doesn't look like it's it's gone or anything. But the report also says this iPad could potentially support wireless reverse wireless charging. So not only can you charge it wirelessly, uh, flip it on its back, drop an Apple Watch, drop your AirPods on the back of the iPad and wirelessly charge it. We've seen this on Samsung Galaxy products for at least two years. I could even charge my iPhone on the back of a Galaxy, I think as far back as the S10. Someone might correct me on that. I remember doing it. I'm like, this is funny. Like I could ask someone who has a Galaxy, uh, I need some juice, flip your phone over and I could charge my iPhone on it. Like this is something that other people have done. And when the Apple ecosystem and community gets a hold of it, all of a sudden, sometimes it becomes more of a thing. Now, an iPad with a larger battery and a larger surface area makes even more sense to do that when you're not using it. So not only are we talking about wireless charging, but reverse wireless charging. We could call it bilateral wireless charging. So it works both ways. That is cool. That is, uh, am I saying I'm going to wait for, if I, if you are on the fence and you don't really need an iPad Pro right now, am I saying wait for 2022? If they don't do anything at WWDC to show me that they're going to take advantage of this M1 chip in it, I would say wait for 2022, like legitimately. Um, and again, it's all up to seeing what they can untap with the iPad Pro. That's to me is one of the biggest themes of WWDC and also the MacBook Pro. Now, we talked about it in Bloomberg's report covering all this wireless charging. German reiterates that Apple is still exploring a wireless charger that would charge multiple devices like an iPhone and an Apple Watch and AirPods all at once. We already know that uh, Nomad has one. I, does Belkin have one? There's a few companies that already have at least their own type of pad and uses a different their own kind of different types of technology to charge multiple devices, and they actually work really well. I think the... The Nomad charging pad is one of my favorite. It is, I think, like 200, I think the last time I checked was around 220, but it, it works like a charm and you can charge up to three devices on it, whether it's AirPods or iPhones. You don't have to like align them perfectly either. But according to German's report, Apple is still working on it. I mean, one of the reasons that it failed earlier was because some of the bugs, including like interference problems and even overheating that was reported by Sonny Dixon, who's an Apple leaker a long time ago. That's what scrapped. He was the first to say, uh, this may not be happening, and it didn't happen. So we know that Air Power, that's the name of the, the pad, it was canceled, but there have continued to be rumors that Apple has not given up on it, and uh, we'll wait and see what happens with that. So Gurman, just like, oh, I want to mess with you all. I want to release some something new and juicy for you to think about. Well, now we know more about iPads. It makes me say, hmm, I mean, depending on what happens at the keynote, Maybe you wait off. Maybe you hold off. And then also, I mean, there's been reports that Apple might be making a quick jump. And I don't see this, but I do see this at the same time where they would 
make a jump to OLED and kind of just have mini LED be a transitional year. There's plenty of benefits to OLED, right? We talk about it pixel by pixel control, so you can turn them off individually. It gives you the truest, deepest blacks, but long-term, it doesn't affect all the time, but depending on how you use it, OLED is susceptible to burning and knowing how I use my iPad, and a lot of times there's all those icons on those screens in the same places, exact same places. That does worry me because of the nature of the technology. Really kind of the the grandiose down the road technology is micro LED, which I believe Samsung is releasing in TVs this year, which have all the benefits of OLED, but then really diminish all of their negatives like burn in. It's a, instead of being an organic, it's a non-organic, which means a, it likely won't suffer from burn as much. The color degradation won't happen or there won't be shifting. It's thinner. It uses less energy. I mean, micro LED is like OLED on steroids, but right now we have mini LED, which is kind of an evolution of typical LCD displays trying to act more like OLEDs. They just can't get down to the pixel by pixel control. So I know some of you display nerds love this stuff. I love this stuff, but man, what if, what if there's wireless charging on the iPad Pro or bilateral wireless charging and OLED? <laughs> this is going to make me say, why did I get this one? But I actually, I do love the screen on the current iPad Pro. I just I just need Apple to give me more. All right, um, people that are into AirTags and are wondering what's going on with that, I think one of the biggest things that came out from the videos is like, wow, not that everyone's trying to use these for bad reasons, but people are saying, hey, it's not too hard to throw a tracker on someone if the current limit of time that it takes before it alerts that a tag is on you that you don't know about is roughly three days. Well, according to Apple and recent reports, they're saying that they're going to send an over-the-air update to AirTags that is actually going to shorten the amount of time before an unknown AirTag alerts you if it's in your possession. And this is important. So current time, like I said, AirTags will play a sound after three days after being away from their owner. So that's like if I throw it on someone. Now, if you have the latest software updates, and I, I made this clear in my review video, you need to update to the latest version of iOS so that it can even detect that an air pot air tag that is not yours is moving around with you. If you don't update to, I believe iOS 14, I think it was four. Was it 14.5 and higher? It wouldn't show that. So a, you need to do that, but B let's say you have an earlier iPhone. You don't update all the software. It would only make a sound if it was following you after three days. Well, now Apple is going to change that and play it within a random time in a window after eight hours. And even within 24 hours, so eight hours and 24 hours, you're going to hear a, a chirp or something if you can, if this air tag is on you and moving with you. I think that's really important because people are kind of freaked out. I always thought three out three days was way too long. So I'm glad that they're addressing this. And this is the type of stuff that we're going to see. They're figuring out how people use air tags. People are figuring out how they use air tags. I had a, a reader, I believe, uh, just say, oh, I, I bought a pack of four, but I've only used one. Um, I'm going to be honest with you here. I I have AirPods Max and I actually actually misplaced them somewhere and I legit haven't been able to find them for 2 weeks. I'm hoping they're like randomly underneath a box somewhere um because I recently used them but that would have been nice to have either the U1 chip built inside them which probably will be for future versions or an AirTags in that case but until I find it um I can't find it and that's one use that I could have used in AirTags. And people are like, how do you lose AirPods Max? Well, 
there's a lot of boxes at my place because there's a lot of products that I get to look at, fortunately, but that also means things can go missing. It's embarrassing. I shouldn't have even told you that, but uh Yeah. I'm I'm I don't know where my AirPods Max are. <laughs> um other cool tidbits before we wrap up because you know there's not big stuff, but there's a lot of kind of key things happening before WWDC. We're gonna jump back over to the IMAX, specifically the M1 IMAX, and it was revealed um from Apple in a interview with Wired that even though Johnny Ive, right, there's always, I don't want to say the ghost of Johnny Ive, but his presence is still felt in Apple products because according to them, Apple's former chief design officer, Mr. Ive, helped them design the new 24-inch iMac, the new M1 iMac, the one that some of y'all were hating on. And then I saw how many videos did I say, I made a mistake about the iMac. Now, some of you still are like, I hate how it looks. That's fine. I think there's a lot of people that love how it looks. But remember, Johnny Ive left Apple in 2019, and he did say he was going to consult with them and in potential projects. No one knew what the scope was. Um, I believe his his new design firm is called like Love Dream. I think that's what it was. If I'm wrong, just correct me. But in the Wired article, they said that Johnny Ive was involved in the new iMac design. Now, they did not state if he was involved in it from the past when he was there or if he was actually involved in it and currently um, consulting on it over the past two years, they did not make that clear, nor did they want to make that clear. But it is fascinating to know that he was part of this. And it does make sense because remember how like Johnny, I was obsessed with everything being thin. It's almost like people forgot how he, his philosophies helped Apple become just a ridiculous iconic consumers electronics product from design but remember his obsession with being so thin also as users hurt us from a battery capacity standpoint it was the iphone 11 pro i believe that actually got thicker and actually gave us more battery power and that's a combination of optimizing software and the processor but also putting in an actually slightly larger battery and making the phone thicker that was something that i don't necessarily think may have happened under Johnny Ives watch because he was so obsessed but if you look at the new M1 iMac it's 11.5 millimeters thick that is as thick as the very first very 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 first iPhone okay so now when you think about it because I'm not saying we forget about Johnny Ive but you don't know how involved he is anymore so he's kind of like ah who knows what he did you look at that iMac you're like duh Johnny Ive definitely had a role to play in this machine so It's just kind of fun to think about. But again, everybody, WWDC 21 is going to be a big, big, big deal. We're going to have so much to talk about. I love getting new features for my hardware. I love getting like the old iPhone I used and loading the beta up on it and playing with all the new stuff because these machines are so powerful. It's like we can get a better camera. We can get a faster processor. I mean, most of us just want better battery life and then more features that really kind of unlock the power that we have in our pockets, in our tablets. And so that's why I am genuinely excited for the show. Uh, you can jump on my YouTube channel. I'm going to be starting at 8.30 a.m. The actual keynote is 10 a.m. Pacific. I'm starting at 8.30 a.m. because we're going to do the pre-show, take your calls, have a fun little back and forth. I don't know if I'm going to do a workout challenge on the show or not. We're going to have to wait and see. But WWDC, June 7th, Monday, keynote at 10 a.m., my pre-show on my channel at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time. 
All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's show. Remember, this show brought to you by you. And because of that, I've got to thank my Patreon supporters at the Platinum Apple level. That is the $100 level. Gil Cabrera, Brandon Ledford, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you so much for supporting me in that big, huge way. And thank you, all of you, for supporting me at every level. And I just, you know, I keep on working my butt off and hope that this content that I bring to you is what you want. And you're you're kind of, we have this relationship. We got this like kumbaya thing. And uh, all I can say is thank you, thank you. So I'll see you at the keynote. It's going to be a fun time. We'll have a podcast, obviously, breakdown here for the next episode. And then follow my channel. You'll see all the content I have coming around it. And also, um, I'm going to cross my fingers. I might have a special interview for you guys and gals uh, in the coming weeks. I don't know if you can figure what that out what that means, but if you're smart, you probably can. All right, everybody. Take care. Be safe. We'll talk to you soon. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.